you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Look, it's been a minute since I felt this way. Like I don't believe I can have a bad day. Kick us up and it is. And it is. And it's gone. Cade York from 58 yards out. The Texans dodge the bullet. Blanket chip misses. From the end zone, a Dotson. He holds it in. Touchdown, Commanders. Will Lutz puts the Saints on top with 19 seconds to play. 64 yards to win the game. Kick is up in his block. Now it's over. McPherson on for the extra point. It's blocked. What a turn of events. From 29 yards away. Oh, he missed it badly. Boswell. gets another chance. That's a winner! Uh, Yeah, I was entertained. Were you? I was entertained. As wild a 30 or 40 minutes to end the early games yesterday and then a great set of games in the 4 o'clock window. And plus Tom Brady and Dak Prescott in the late game. Welcome to a Monday week one edition of NFL Now on NFL Network. My name is Andrew Siciliano. This right here is Steve White. Are you ready to overreact? I am. Remember, it's week one. The winners aren't as good as you think. The losers aren't as bad as you think. And those two teams that tied, well, they tied. They tied. Lovey Smith, what are you doing? Punting the football on the 49-yard line. (laughs) Mike McDaniel said it last week about week one. Either they're going to crown you or they're going to say you suck. Either way, you have... Week two. Yes. yes. The Cowboys have week two, however, and here is our top story without Dak Prescott. If you missed it, in a game that was a defensive struggle late Sunday evening, Dak Prescott left in the fourth quarter with what the Cowboys described after the game was an injury to his right hand, his throwing hand, and Dak Prescott needs surgery. He is going to be out a while. The question is, how long... What do we know? What do they do now? It went from a disappointing Cowboys week one performance to late in the game. Uh Uh-oh. 
Uh, they're in a bad spot. Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero, Jane Slater. Ian, start with you. Surgery today. The details? Yeah, of all the bad things, this game had basically all of them for the Dallas Cowboys. Let's start, of course, with the Dak Prescott injury. Going to have surgery to stabilize that fracture in his thumb, a fracture at the base of his thumb. Relatively clean fracture, which is good. Complicated would be worse. Hopefully, maybe this will quicken the return for Dak Prescott. As far as some of the details, uh, he's going to have surgery from Dr. Thomas Diliberti at the Texas Hand and Arm Center, one of the local experts there uh, for the Dallas Cowboys and in the area. He has been uh, meeting and consulting. This was the surgeon that they chose. I'm going to have surgery. The plan is uh, today for Dak Prescott. And at that point, guys, come up with a plan as far as the timetable. We'll see if Dak is able to get back before the end of October. Seems to be a little bit of a stretch now. We'll see after surgery. Well, I was at the game, and let me walk you through what the post felt like. Jerry Jones typically waits till the end. He walked to the locker room. The players that typically come in front of us, uh, we only saw Ezekiel Elliott and CeeDee Lamb. The rest of the guys went in through the back door. And once we were able to talk to Jerry, I think he caught all of us off guard when he told us that Dak was going to need surgery for this hand. And when we walked into the locker room, we had CeeDee Lamb there, and I informed CeeDee of the prognosis, and he was shocked. He said, we've got to do better. And you know, essentially, Cooper Rush is the guy. They've got to have him step up. And, you know, it was even Dak Prescott. I looked over to his locker. He had his his hand uh, obviously taped up. He just seemed to be staring off in the distance a little bit of a daze. It was uh, Cooper Rush who said, we've got to lean on the experience that we had from Minnesota, uh, which was, of course, a win with Cooper Rush under center. But we're now looking at possibly six to eight weeks. Stephen Jones was on 105.3 The Fan and said they didn't quite have a timetable yet. He was also asked, is Cooper Rush your guy moving forward? He said it's early on a Monday. They're exploring all of their options, but right now that option is Cooper Rush, and Will Greer's on the practice squad will be activated back up, and he will be the backup quarterback right now against the Bengals on Sunday. There's always the possibility, Jane, of a trade, but as one person involved in the situation said to me, who are they going to trade for at this point? Mason Rudolph potentially could be available, but the Steelers aren't just going to give him away. How much of an upgrade is that over Cooper Rush at a time that Rudolph does not know the offense and Cooper Rush does? Obviously, the Eagles not going to trade Gardner Minshew within the division. Would the 49ers even consider trading Jimmy Garoppolo to another team that it views as a threat in the NFC, all of which is to say it makes sense for them to evaluate all the options. There just aren't, when you get into this portion of the season, a ton of good options available. The best backup quarterbacks in the league can get by for shorter types of stretches. There's not a lot of guys, if Dak Prescott ends up missing, let's say, half the season, who are going to be able to get through and win a majority of those games. That's nothing against Cooper Rush. He came in here to Minnesota last year when Dak Prescott missed a game, played pretty well, and they won. I believe he had three touchdown passes in that game. So Cooper Rush at least is an experienced backup, knows the system, can get the ball into his playmaker's hands. But even when Dak was out there last night, absolutely, they struggled to get the ball to much of anybody on offense. All right, much of anybody. And a lot of people saying, well, Amari Cooper must be laughing. Listen, it goes deeper than that. Michael Gallup will be back soon. You'd have to think that offense would have looked better with a healthy Michael Gallup there last night, but they couldn't get much going. Credit to Todd Bowles in that defense, and now the Cowboys have to figure out what to do, and we'll figure out how long they're going to have to do that once Dak Prescott gets out of surgery. All right, Ian, Tom, thank you. Back in a little bit on T.J. Watt. Here's what the Cowboys have without Dak Prescott, at least for the first couple of games. They get Joe Burrow and the Bengals coming in next week. Then a trip 
to New York to face the Giants, the Commanders. Both of those teams won their game. And, oh, then just the Rams and the Eagles. No big deal. Okay, let's bring Mark Ross into this conversation as well for some front office perspective. Steve Weich here with me as well. Mark, Steve and I were sitting at Cowboys Chargers joint practice a couple of weeks ago. And on air, I said to Steve, Mark, that I think the Cowboys have one of the most suspect backup quarterback situations in the NFL. And right now, I'd make a call for Jimmy Garoppolo. That was a month ago. They're not going to get him now. I doubt they could have gotten him a month ago. But you're going into a season with Cooper Rush and Will Greer as your backups. You, you're barely hanging on. You're keeping your fingers crossed. Yeah, you're struggling with Dak Prescott as your quarterback last night. And now you got Cooper Rush. And this is all about the team building. But who's building the team, Andrew and Steve? And that's Jerry Jones. So Jerry Jones has been building this team. He's the, 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 the GM. And this is pretty much on him. And it's almost as if the misevaluation of how to play in the modern NFL, where a couple of weeks ago it's we're going to build the team around Zeke and how Zeke goes. Well, that philosophy has been out for a while. And now you've got Dak Prescott and you're saying, OK, he's been injured for the past few years, but we're not going to put a backup quarterback in there who's worthy to step in if Dak misses some time to win games for us. Look, Cooper Rush, they got no chance for him. The idea of trading for someone, even if they get a body in there, it's not going to be good enough to overcome what the rest of the team building, where it's suspect at the O-line. CeeDee Lamb's your number one receiver. He doesn't look like he's ready for that. You lose Amari Cooper. You don't adequately replace that. So when I looked at the Dallas Cowboys as a whole, they had a lot of losses and didn't adequately replace them. And that's on the owner. But, of course, Jerry Jones is going to still be the GM, and there's no accountability there. So this might get ugly real quick for the Cowboys there, Steve. Yeah, look, Mark, this situation, and and Andrew brings up the point, because we were talking about Jimmy Garoppolo a month ago, and even though it seems feasible, we still don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is fully healthy to come in and and do something. But, you know, this is where, you know, I'm going to get to Jane, because it seems like they have to do something right here, because I thought overall their defense played well. You know, for, for having to face the Buccaneers and putting the pressure on Tom Brady. So they've got one half of a team. But the rest of that offense, I mean, Todd Bowles was not afraid to bring anybody last night because they knew they could not block them, and they didn't fear any receiving threat. So it seems like whoever they would bring in or if they go with Cooper Rush, this offense is just not there. And now if they tried, okay, we're going to go through Zeke. Well, Zeke couldn't get really going. He had a couple nice runs last night, but then everyone knew they were going to run the ball. So now teams are really going to load up and put the game on Cooper Rush. So, Jane, you know, this is kind of where, you know, I want to come to you. Your familiarity with this team, what is the structure of the rest of that locker room to galvanize and rally knowing that they're going into fights the next month or so with one hand tied behind their back? Well, I expect that Dak Prescott won't be far from this locker room. And as Dalton Schultz uh, and a couple of guys reiterated last night, he is the heart and soul of it. But he can't be out there on the field because he's going to likely go into IR. And so you bring up a lot of good questions. The problem is, and we saw this when we were in training camp, Steve, this wide receiver group was not impressive. And they've expected CeeDee Lamb to step in as wide receiver one. Let's go through what his uh, line was last night. Targeted 11 times. He hauled in two for 29 yards, and outside of the first drive, they weren't able to really move the chains. Uh, They did try to commit to the run game. We saw Ezekiel Elliott get going there for a little bit, but they were employing three tight ends, two tight ends. You had Tony Pollard on the field. They were trying to get creative, and nothing was working. It didn't help that, obviously, you lost Connor McGovern on your left side, so that's now impacting your depth on the offensive line. And then the penalties. 
I talked about this was going to be an issue for them. They were so undisciplined last year. The penalties, let's talk about that. They had 10 penalties for 73 yards. They were 3 for 15 on third down conversions. And one of the big things I thought was interesting that was asked to Stephen Jones on 105.3 The Fan, we didn't see any of these starters in the preseason. Remember they said the joint practices were more important to them. Was that a mistake? I think all of those things are going to be scrutinized and talked about because they certainly felt out of rhythm last night. A lot of teams started slowly yesterday. Look at the early window and how ugly those games were, many of them, in the first half. Things picked up in the second half. The Cowboys never had it pick up in the second half. And I know people might be sitting at home saying there's no way the Niners would trade Jimmy Garoppolo, whether now or last month, to a team they faced in the playoffs a year ago. I get it. But both Cowboys backup quarterbacks were cut and made it through waivers unscathed. Again, all due respect, but that tells you what their backup quarterback situation was heading into week one when Dak Prescott had missed games in each of the last two years. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, Mark. I'm sure we won't talk about this story at all coming up the next month. (laughs) Meantime, other injuries, as mentioned, more significant possibly than Dak Prescott. You see T.J. Watt, who is dominant, went on the field yesterday for the Steelers, pointing to that left peck, that left shoulder. And if you read lips, you could figure it out. Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero with me now. Ian, what is the latest on T.J. Watt? Yeah, it is a pictorial injury, T.J. Watt having an MRI today to determine the extent of it. My understanding is we may not get firm word on the injury to T.J. Watt, how long he is out, and what the next step is until tomorrow. He's going to get a second opinion, likely to have a couple different doctors review the scans. And the reason why, and this is my understanding of the current situation, is that Watt and the Steelers are still trying to figure out, does he need surgery, which would knock him out to at least the end of the season, or can he rehab and return in a couple weeks? Both of those options are on the table. There is a possibility that he does not need surgery immediately, which would be great. That would mean it's more of a pec strain uh, than a full tear, but more information coming likely within the next 24 hours. Meanwhile, Najee Harris, the star running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, dealing with a foot injury, and this is related, is my understanding, to the list Frank sprain that he had early on in camp. Kind of tweaked that a little bit. Uh, as of right now, it doesn't appear to be major. Uh, that is the general feel, but he had an MRI this morning. Still getting more tests to determine, is there something else here, or is it just a small re-aggravation of a previous injury? Ian, in other injury news, Patriots quarterback Mac Jones suffered a back injury in Sunday's loss to the Dolphins. Jones actually finished the game, but then the Patriots informed reporters that Jones was not going to be available. He went to get x-rays. I was told that those x-rays were negative, but there's a lot of different stuff that goes into back injuries. So the plan was for Mac Jones to get additional tests. Once they got back to Foxborough, those tests have been ongoing throughout the course of this morning. Certainly the hope for the Patriots is that Mac Jones has avoided a significant injury here. But if he does have to miss times, then the options on their roster would include Brian Hoyer or the rookie Bailey Zappi. And one more injury of note, Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin, who was just coming off of a torn ACL, lasted 19 snaps last night against the Cowboys before he suffered a hamstring injury and was ruled out for the game. So test for Chris Godwin to come as well. Certainly it was big for the Bucs to get him back on the field. Now they once again wait to figure out exactly how much time, if any, Godwin is going to have to miss. Jets fans were chanting Mike White yesterday. Giants fans were chanting go for two. And they got it. And they won. Coming up, the New York story. 
You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 45-year-old Tom Brady back. He's playing football. Let's go. He's in Dallas, NBC. Last year, this game, week one, had 60 points. Last night, only one touchdown. One. And it was spectacular. It was Mike Evans. Look at that. One hand. One of his five catches on the night. But the story here is Dak Prescott. Cowboys offense did nothing with him. They're going to now have to survive without him. How long? Don't know. Maybe a month. Maybe more. Thumb surgery today. But in the meantime, can I interest you in the fact that Tom Brady has now never lost to the Cowboys still? 7-0. and we got a long way to go. You know, I think we all do, and I think the team's got, you know, I, I think the defense played awesome. You know, offensively, we can do a lot better than that tonight. So we're going to have to. Uh, we're going to have to score in the red area. Um, you know, we're going to have to stay healthy. We're going to have to, you know, get back to work and find a little bit of regular season flow and um, just put these days together and see if we can make some improvements. Everybody wants to talk about Giselle tweeting before the game. Let's talk about this instead. That is Tom Brady giving the game ball to a fan there in Dallas, taken by another fan. Pretty cool. When the GOAT gives you the game ball. Some are calling Brian Dayball the GOAT in New York today, making his head coaching debut on 9-11 with the FDNY hat on. Giants rally back. They were down 13 to nothing. A minute to go. Chris Myrick with the touchdown pass. And guess what? Brian Dayball is going for two. He doesn't want overtime. Nope. He's giving it to Saquon, who had his best game since December of 2019. Saquon gives him the lead, but there is time left on the clock, and it came down to Randy Bullock. This is makeable. This is Randy Bullock from 47 yards away. Uh Uh-uh. 
That's a win for the Giants in Brian Dayball's coaching debut. 21-20 in Nashville. One game, win or lose, does not break a season, okay? But you got what it takes. Every day you keep grinding. Every day we keep getting better, okay? It was one game. Gets pretty darn good football team. Give them credit. Hey, game, game ball. Joe Dave. Yeah. Joe and Dave, game ball. Let's go. Giants on three. One, two, three. Giants. Mark Ross, former Giants executive, with me. That's one way to win the locker room week one, huh, Mark? Without a doubt. And Brian Dable, Andrew, since he's gotten in New York, has kind of done all the right things. Unlike the past couple of coaches there where he really has the personality that has led not only the New York's New York City area, but the team and the organization as well. It's, it, you know, it's the confidence he has. He's not trying to be out there boasting and doing different things like, hey, this is who I am. I'm, I'm confident in my team and the coaching and the preparation. And that manifested itself on the field yesterday, where in the past few four or five years, if they got down 13-0, the game would have been over. But yesterday, they just kept coming at them. They kept fighting. Tennessee made mistakes. The Giants capitalized on them. And it helped that you had the uh, vintage Saquon Barkley performance for the Giants. Almost 200 yards of total offense. Looked like he did as a rookie. So that was huge for the Giants that their number one guy there in Saquon Barkley performed. Brian Dayball seems like they have a coach now to rally around. But as Brian Dayball said, it's just one game. They got a long season. The concern, we won't talk about the concern of the same old Daniel Jones in that game yesterday. Let's just focus on the positives of of Barkley's back and Dayball's a a legitimate coach there for the Giants. Let's talk about Saquon because that was the first time Saquon rushed for over 150 yards since December of 2019. And it's not just the stat sheet, Mark. It's the eye test. That looked like the Saquon that they took at the top of the first round. Well, you saw the explosiveness, Andrew. The last couple of years with the injuries, he just didn't look like he had that initial burst that is very rare on backs in this league. But you saw that yesterday where he got the crease, he was decisive, and he hit it, and, and he went. And you saw that in him yesterday. It wasn't the dancing around. So the, the thing with Saquon is, yes, it's the eye test. Oh, yeah, that looks like that dude that we saw at Penn State. And as a rookie, the, the concern is, can he maintain this game after game? And, you know, for the Giants, in order to win, he will have to do that. Obviously, won't go for 200 total every game, but at least somewhere in that range where Dayball can focus him and build it around him until the other defenses catch up and say, hey, man, we're going to shut you down and make Daniel Jones beat us. Flashback to the 2018 draft. Next week, it's Baker Mayfield and the Panthers, Saquon <laughs> Barkley and the Giants. Thank you, Mark Ross. Flashback a decade ago to Russell Wilson in a Seahawks uniform getting drafted. Don't know if you haven't heard yet. If you haven't, let me give you the breaking news. Russell Wilson on Monday Night Football is going back to Seattle in a Broncos uniform. Such a big game, we sent James Palmer from Denver to Seattle for that game to chronicle how the Seahawks welcome him. What do you think the reaction is going to be in the stands, James? Well, Andrew, I'll give you a little indication. Sue Bird, one of the greatest players in the history of the WNBA, played her final home game just recently here in Seattle and has played roughly 20 years in this city. There was a video tribute to her in the arena pregame. Russell Wilson was part of that video tribute, and the arena booed him. 
during a video tribute for one of the greatest athletes in the history of the city of Seattle. So they're expecting an environment that is going to be rather hostile. They've been preparing with their silent count and their offense, actually dating back all the way to the spring, I'm told, and the, the noise has been cranked throughout practice this entire week. Now, I've been in that locker room all week, and multiple teammates have told me Russell Wilson isn't giving any rah-rah speeches, isn't really talking about the Seahawks in the manner of, I want to go beat my former team. He is talking to them like so many players do about, I know Pete Carroll in this team so well, this could work, this spot, we could do this. Obviously, that happens around the league. But when I talked to a couple of his receivers, Cortland Sutton told me, I know he wants to find me deep. I know that's something he wants to do. I'm going to give him that opportunity. And his speedster, K.J. Hamler, who's questionable for this game and I'm told is going to play, he told me, and maybe put it best, Andrew, that we want to go out and dominate this game Monday night for Russell Wilson. He's not going to say that, but we know he feels the exact same way. And you know they want to run the ball as well with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, no matter how they split up those carries. Big picture here with Hamler. What is this offense, James, going to look like? It's interesting you bring up Javante Williams because I long talk at his locker going, what am I going to see from you guys? We haven't seen any of the starters and Russell Wilson included this entire preseason. He goes, you know what I think? I think we're going to go up tempo. We're going to go up tempo a lot. We're going to be a team that pushes the football and tries to keep defenses on their toes. He said that is something that is in Nathaniel Hackett's philosophy, and he's been preaching it to us throughout all of training camp to make sure we're in tremendous shape that we can play at this speed that he wants us to play and also be able to rotate players in, as you mentioned with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, be able to change guys and be able to keep defenses from having to key on certain individuals. Javante Williams, Andrew, told me that I have lined up at every receiving position and ran almost the entire route tree as opposed to just the deep stuff. I didn't do that, but I ran all the stuff the receivers run. We're going to mix and match things all over the field. It's going to be exciting to see what Nathaniel Hackett has under his sleeve in his first game as a head coach in the NFL. One more game to go. Week number one. James Palmer is there in Seattle. Sign me up for Russell Wilson, the Broncos, DK Metcalf, and the Seahawks. Undoubtedly, you'll see a promo during that game of DK Metcalf playing the piano, getting you ready for Still Dre. Uh, Guarantee. Guarantee. Or your money back. Coming up next, Michael Thomas is back. And look like the guy from 2019. Oh, he's back. What does that mean for the Saints, Steve White? Put that one in focus coming up next. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Got a feel for the Falcons here. Had a two-touchdown lead in the fourth quarter against Dennis Allen in his Saints head coaching debut. And Jameis Winston first came back since week eight of last year, the bad knee injury. Michael Thomas had only played seven games since 2019. He's in the end zone. They went for two to tie it. Didn't get it, but they get the ball back. And then Will Lutz, everybody, from 51. Good. Turn out the lights. Dennis Allen is a head coaching winner, White for the first time since 2013. This is why it's so difficult and so hard in training camp. So we're ready for moments like this. And I said, I said it last week, I'll say it again. Okay, this ain't gonna be the last time we do this. Okay, hell of a job. Proud of you guys. Let's make sure we take care of ourselves whoa, 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 whoa. tonight. Yeah. Cool. Yes, sir. First game. Yeah. Former Raider head coach Dennis Allen, Steve Weich, gets a second shot there, and his team rallies back. Here's a stat about your Falcons. Steve works with the Falcons in the preseason. Since 2020, they have blown three fourth-quarter leads of 15 or more points. The rest of the NFL has blown only two such leads in that time. And then you have the Saints side of it, where their offense got clicking in the fourth quarter. How do you read this one? So I read this as, uh-oh, two parts. For the Falcons, you talked about giving up the leads. We can look at the defense saying that they blew it, but it's the offense repeatedly. This happened even when Matt Ryan was there. They can't get a first down when they need it. It happened in the fourth quarter again. But here's the bigger uh-oh. If you watched that game and you saw, after a slow start, how Jameis Winston looked throwing it to can't guard Mike, the rest of the league better get ready if they get it going. That's A.J. Terrell guarding A.J. Terrell's one of the best corners in the league. Jameis was putting the ball in places where only his guy can catch it. And then some of the catches that Mike Thomas, there's Jarvis Landry, the way they got going and the way they were able to spread those DBs out was just absolutely incredible. Landry, again, again, the the Saints offense looked kind of sloppy and sluggish, like they really hadn't worked together, which was the case. And then in the fourth quarter, to rally from 16 down. Jameis to throw for 217 yards plus. Look at that catch in coverage. Okay, a lot of people have said that, you know, the Saints are a sleeper team to win the Mm -hmm. NFC South. With that offense, the way it was rolling in the fourth quarter, if they can continue that with that defense, people better start recognizing this is a very dangerous football team. With Michael Thomas, with Jarvis Landry, with Chris Olave, we we projected a lot during the summer. We saw that in the fourth quarter. Yes. 200 yards of offense from Jameis and those guys in the fourth quarter 
All right? Keep but, an eye on that. But, again, the Falcons couldn't get a first they, down. They that. This replay, replay. Arthur Smith walked off the podium pretty angry. Um, a lot of consternation today in San Francisco about Trey Lance in the rain in Chicago. A lot of celebration as well in Chicago about Justin Fields rallying them back in the rain. Remember remember Dante Pettis for the Niners? Uh, I do. They, they would rather not because they let him go, and he just roasted them on that play. Fields remembered he was there on the backside after scrambling away from a sack, and then we remembered uh. the Bears have defensive talent here, and that's Eddie Jackson with the interception. Eddie Jackson seals this deal, and Matt Eberflus is a game winner. Everybody slip and slide and celebrate. Meantime, in the other locker room. I made too many mistakes. Um, defense kept us in the game. Uh, had a big miss to, to Tyler Croft in the end zone. Uh, tried to throw a perfect ball. She just put it right on him, and he was wide open. Uh, turned the ball over. Took a sack uh, that knocked us out of field goal range that I shouldn't have missed Debo on the third down. Um, it's another third down to Juwan. Just too many mistakes. Uh, a lot of stuff to clean up, for sure, for me. Um, but, man, excited. Still got my head up. Excited to, to get ready to go next week. Just what we were built on. Um, you know, Coach always says, you know, it's uh, mental stamina, uh, mental and physical stamina, uh, who can play uh, the longest, uh, the hardest, and, you know, just, just play every play. So um, I think, you know, we won this game with mental and uh, physical stamina, so I'm, I'm proud of the defense, proud of the O-line, just, just proud of everybody today. I want to make something clear, Mark Ross, not here to pile on Trey Lance. The future is bright. He's an inexperienced quarterback playing in a monsoon yesterday and without George Kittle. Find this comment, though, from Bears DB Jalen Johnson interesting. Asked about Trey Lance, he says, quote, what do you think he did? He ain't do bleep. We made him play quarterback. And, and that's what you – players look at things differently than the media does or coaches and say, oh, he's going to develop and he's going to get better and all those excuses. Players don't care about that, Andrew. They're like, this is the guy I'm lining up against and this is what he did against us. And they don't care about the narratives and whatnot. And for Trey Lance, it was a struggle. And the things that worried you about him, yes, it's his, his truly first start last year. He had a couple starts, but first start of this year with all the offseason preparation as the number one are things that are independent of the weather. And that was the vision where he just locks on to receivers and kind of just throws right there. That was a sort of how he looked in college as well, where the concern of, okay, if he just plays more, plays more, the vision will get better, but will it? And the elephant in the room is still Jimmy G. Okay, he, he played poorly yesterday. What about next week and the week after? If we continue to see these struggles by Trey Lance, and I said this the week before the game, Will there now be like, we'll put Jimmy G in there. We know Jimmy G can get us to a certain level. We're not going to stand for the struggles with Trey Lance. We're, gonna, we're not going to sacrifice his development for the team. So at least for one game, this is still going to be an issue until he proves that Trey Lance that he is the guy and he can make plays, Andrew. What would you see from Justin Fields, Mark? Because when they were down, he made a couple of throws and brought him back. Well, that's why I love Justin Fields in college, and I liked him better than Trey Lance. The body of work, the accomplishments, the production he had, but mostly I thought of that draft class, of all those quarterbacks, he was the best playmaker. And in games like that, it's okay, you can struggle for quarters, you can struggle for series, but when it's time to make big-time plays, those are the players that can separate themselves 
And I thought Justin Fields was that dude coming out of college. He showed a little bit of it last year. And now in game one, everything's against him. They're down. They look they look bad. Not a lot of talent around him. But he said, I can make plays. And he did that. And that's what I loved about him. And I think that's why Chicago fans should be uh, happy about it and, and optimistic about Justin Fields' growth and development because of that playmaking element. Uh, which he showed yesterday and separated himself against Trey Lance, who didn't make those plays, Andrew. Oh, they they are optimistic this morning. There, there were not a lot <laughs> of big expectations there from the fan base. Woke up yesterday morning, biblical rain. This is going to be ugly. Oh, they won? Wait, wait, and the Packers lost? And, and we go to Lambeau next week in primetime on Sunday night? People are happy. Two minutes, two minutes remaining. One more thing before we go. Ian Rappaport up first. We have an update on the status of Patriots quarterback Mac Jones, who was banged up yesterday, did not talk to reporters because of a back injury. Sources say he's dealing with back spasms. Uh, we know x-rays are negative, as colleague Tom Pelissero reported, not believed to be a major injury. His status will be monitored throughout the week, but nothing major for Okay, Mac potentially good news there. Judy, one more thing. I want to give a week one shout out to dancing coaches. You're going to see Mike Tomlin come into the frame here. I love this, doing the A-B dance here. Lots to celebrate in Pittsburgh. Go look up Brian Dable dancing in the victorious Giants locker room too. More dancing coaches. That's what we need in the NFL. More dancing coaches. We needed that on the screen, please. More dancing coaches. Uh, Mark Ross, one more thing. Andrew, did you see Mayweather Pacquiao too this weekend? Wow. No, actually, it was Le'Veon Bell against Adrian Peterson. <laughs> and Le'Veon doing the Adrian oh. like Craig and Evo in Friday, man. Oh. Can we, someone give these guys some contractions to get them doing this stuff, man. They're still eligible to play, but that was vicious right there. Man, Le'Veon Bell can do more man. than just drop a mixtape. He can drop Adrian Peterson as well. And that hurt me watching it. Yikes. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.